Hey, dude, what's that behind your ear, mate? Look at that. I don't know. What is that? Boom! Oh, hey! Now, you really want to impress me, do it with a chicken nugget. Then I'm... Oh, my God! <laughs> it's a chicken nugget! <laughs> Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Tuesday, January 23rd, 2024. I'm J.E. Skeets here in the Classic Factory, and alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. Hey, everybody. Podcast listeners, this is for you. And over yonder, the man making the magic happen, super producer, J.D. Hello. There he is. Hello, sir. Hello to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Comment away as you are. Hit the like button. Subscribe. Podcast listeners, leave your boys a five-star rating and review. Fun show lined up here. we got Tweet of the Night. Tassie mm-hmm. does have that. we got Is This News? Some headlines to debate whether or not they're newsworthy. But we start with all of the points. <laughs> you get some points and you get some points. We felt like Oprah last <laughs> night in the NBA. Everybody getting points. Let's start with uh, Sixer star Joel Embiid scoring 70 points. To break <laughs> Wilt Chamberlain's Sixers franchise record yeah. in a victory over Wembenyama and the Spurs. Wow. <laughs> Crazy night just watching basketball with that going on and the right. cat having the, the stats he had in the first half, and we'll get to that game, and then KD later. Yeah. I mean, just a wild night jumping all around trying to keep up with everything. It was wild. And watching Joel Embiid first felt like he wanted this thing. Going up against Wembenyama, he was very aware that this new star, this rookie, was coming in, and uh, then Webinyata hit those two threes in the first two minutes. Mm-hmm. He was just stepping into them, looking great. So I think he wanted to go at him. And I think what benefited him against Webinyata, as they matched up real quick, it wasn't like the Embiid-Jokic that people were complaining about last week. Well, I want to see Embiid versus Jokic every single possession. You got Embiid versus Wemby, but Wemby was giving him space because he didn't want to go gut to gut. He didn't <laughs> want to battle him. He knows the other man is 80 pounds heavier yeah. than he is, and that's just too big. So Embiid was just stroking it. And I think Wemby would have been just a little bit more beneficial of just trying to close that space a little bit because he can block shots yeah, like that. Use his length, yeah. Yeah, but anyways, point is, Embiid just got hot, and then he's just larger than everybody out there. When Wemby went to the uh, bench and Zach Collins was guarding him and everybody else, he was just able to get every single shot. And I say he wanted it. He shot the ball 40 times in this game. That's his all-time high yeah. of his career. It's a lot of shots. Yeah, and a lot of it was because those offensive rebounds, they're just shorter than yep. him. Nine offensive rebounds in this game. And uh, he had to do it as, as he sat down in that third quarter. He was at 59. And he thought, well, am I going to have to go back in? Because the Spurs were able to keep it close. So yeah. he came back for the last six minutes of this game and was able to get to 70 big ones, 41 shots, t- 23 free throws. Um <laughs> 18 uh, boards, 5 assists. Yeah, yeah. And he's the first player in history to have the 70, 15, and 5 type line mm. where he goes over some of those categories. He's just the uh, ninth hooper to ever give us a 70-point game. And he's uh, only the third true, true big guy, right? Over 7 feet tall. It's Will Chamberlain, who's got a few of these under his belt. David Robinson, and now Embiid. Um, just an insane night. Also, like, the perfect storm at being in Philly – where, like you said, the Spurs kept it close enough that he maybe had to come back in, continue to score. And then you had Sixers fans booing their own players when they would take a shot. Like there was that uh, <laughs> House Junior 3 in the corner. Fans booing. The Sixers fans going nuts. Like, what are you doing? Get the ball to Embiid. We want to see something special here tonight. And he delivered. Uh, you know, the way he got his 70th point was pretty cool, too. The big man 
getting yeah, the, you know getting the absolutely. steel whatever it was called or classified steel block whatever and then going in transition coast to coast right and ending uh you know with the layup there to get him to 70 uh breaking yeah. again he broke wilt chamberlain's 57 year old franchise record of 68 points for uh for philadelphia 76ers there yeah and now it goes to him he got the hundred we all know the hundred on the piece of paper, yes. that that old image of Wilt, that was for the Philadelphia Warriors. That's right. That's a different team. It wasn't <laughs> right. the 76ers, so it is very different. But I just was astonished to see him yeah, continuously get rebound after rebound. He hasn't had a game this year where he's taken 30 shots until last night. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you know, go through the history of Joel Embiid. This is by far and the most that he's ever taken and uh, yeah it was a really cool it was like it was Shaq like those rare highlights when you see him able to take the ball up from the backcourt all the way up into the front court so to him see him do that and get to 70 and to see him with that behind the back pass uh which was beautiful from that post area when guys were actually bumping him a little bit you know Zach Collins was trying they he they were all really really trying to stop him uh but they absolutely could not. I, I loved watching Wemby. Uh, in all honesty, I wish he was a little bit more physical, but he, he just knows what was he supposed to do uh, against this large man. And he had some awesome ones when he was in the post. And he goes to the right hand and he puts it off the glass and in. A, a right hook, push shot, whatever you want to call it, off the glass and in. He had the little lefty hand flick when Joel Embiid was guarding him. Like nine feet away, Joel Embiid is guarding him so close. So what does he do? He literally just put his arm around that big body in front of him and just flicked it up. And if you look at the, the stat line, you look at the box score, it was a four-foot shot because his arm is so long. He's just able to flick it in. So it was just cool to see those two together. But Embiid just wanted it. Well, my favorite tweet from last night, uh, I saw Amar Burton tweet it. We're looking live at Wembenyama's answer when Q Rich and D Miles ask, who was the first person to bust your ass in the NBA on knuckleheads? Uh-huh. That's a thing they like to do on that pod. And, you know, down the line... When Wembenyama's on that pod or a similar pod talking to whatever retired players and he gets asked that, who is the, the first guy to like just light your ass up? You're like, whoa, uh, you know, this is a real NBA moment. It's going to be Embiid because <laughs> he scored call. 70 on him. Joel Embiid's game score last night, okay, you're really getting into the geeky stats, but the game score, 62.5, it's the third highest ever registered in the basketball reference database. It's Michael Jordan's 69-point game versus the Cavs in 1990, and then it's Kobe's 81-point game versus the Raps, which, by the way, we were celebrating an anniversary of mm-hmm. yesterday. Weird timing Weird coincident timing, yeah. there with all the scoring there last night. So, yeah, this was one of the greatest games, regular season games, that we've ever seen, mm-hmm. statistically. Uh and then we thought for a little bit it wasn't going to be the best game of the night. Right. When we get to Cat, it was. It held up. My other note: Did you see Greg Popovich coming into this game? Yeah. Getting yeah. asked about yeah. you know how they were going to stop and beat or what they were going to do. <laughs> uh, this is like 90 minutes before tip. Pop says you know about their chances in stopping and beat. Quote: I don't think it matters what we do. He said. I can give you some bullshit if you want. End quote. So I guess Pop saw what was going to be happening here. I'm sure he didn't even think it was going to get to 70, but. There's not really anything you can do. But that's what makes him be special, right? The the size of the guy mm-hmm. and how much pressure he can put on you just going to the free throw line because what are you supposed to do? It's very reminiscent to obviously the young athletic shack where it's like, what do you what are you supposed to do? The difference is Embiid can hit free throws, if we're being honest. Yeah. Or that's where one thing that Shaq struggled with. And then yeah. the other part though, yeah, yeah, he's a monster. Seven feet tall, two hundred and eighty pounds, but 
he's light on his feet. He's, he's a keen like that way. Mm-hmm. Or he's like a ballet out there. So you can see those coast-to-coast moves and obviously the comfort- uh, comfortability he has right now with the jumper. Um, yeah. Just what a game. That Incredible. that has grown in his game over yeah. the years. It's better than Shaq, to be honest, in terms of shooting from the mid-range. His <laughs> jumper is beautiful. So yeah. that, that's what's different. If Greg Popovich wanted Wemby to stop him, he would say, get into his space and try him, make him go by you, and then you can block his butt because you are five inches taller than that guy. That being said, MB would just go through him. He's literally 80 pounds more. Yeah. So he didn't want to wear down every single possession, so he gave him that space. Right. Also, ju- you're going to be fouled out within like five minutes. Probably, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, or take a charge or whatever, yeah. but it, w- it would have worn on him, and that's what it, what Weminyama has to do from year to year. I mean, as soon as they don't make the playoffs in April, he's got to go to France and lift some very large weights to get stronger, to try and be able to hold off Embiid. But Embiid likes this because this preserves him for the rest of the season where you don't have to just pop, pop, pop against the center. And that's why him and Jokic weren't going at it as much last last week when we saw them to go at it. So he steps into the mid-range and yeah, he was just absolutely stroking. I was wondering that watching this game, was it on Amazon Prime? Because I saw it was on NBA TV and then in that score book, where you look at the score on the bottom, there was an additional Amazon Prime little I logo. See that. Yeah, so it was very interesting. I was watching the NBA TV version, so maybe yeah. that one was the only one that had it. But we've been talking recently about Amazon Prime making the purchase through this the Diamond Valley interest there, the bankruptcy there. So I just wonder if the games are, you know, that is, I'm interested. Just where it's going here, because the games in baseball and basketball seem to be going to Amazon Prime, and we just saw that the WWE is going to be on Netflix for 10 years. Starting in 2025. Yeah, for 10 years, they paid $5 billion. Amazon, or excuse me, Netflix in this this scenario paid $5 billion to have WWE on their channel. It's the NBA next. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, my takeaway like from the score bug was there's uh you know, they have the 76ers logo, obviously 7 6. The 6 is white and then the score. So it looked like when Embiid was on his run, you know, mm. his run there where he's like 59, 60, keeps going up up up. It looked like the score for the Sixers at one point was like 6,129 points mm-hmm. <laughs> because the 6 looked in the logo looked pretty similar to the actual score for the Philadelphia 76ers. Yeah, so it, my, it my is always interesting. Score bug takeaway. <laughs> when they have that 7 and 6. And just one other thing that they mentioned during the broadcast was that this was the first player since Michael Jordan in 90, 1990, to have 65 and 17 rebounds at least because MJ had 69 in his career high game and 18 rebounds. So as he was ticking up, this is the first time a guy has been able to combine those points and rebounds. So he got 70 and 18. It was just nice to have an MJ since we're mentioning freaking everybody because, yeah, I mean, you want to mention the guys who scored 70. We didn't mention like a Devin Booker or a a Donovan Donovan Mitchell, Mitchell, like lately, Damian Lillard. Well, think about that. So, you know, we just celebrated our 18th anniversary of this show when we started it way back in the day. One of our second third maybe podcast ever I think it was our second was Kobe scoring 81 against our Toronto Raptors Mm -hmm. and us reacting to that that was the second show I believe we ever did way back in Toronto as the basketball Jones and you know that stands for a long time right yes then we get the Booker game but in basically the last calendar year Mm -hmm. we've now had three guys go for 70 plus you said it Donovan Mitchell Dame they did it within like I don't know a couple weeks of each other and then now we got Embiid and we're not done no. We're going to have another one of these. I don't know who it's going to be, but it's going to be somebody doing another. They're flirting with 70, if not more. 
It's just the way these these guys are just so talented, obviously, in scoring the ball, the pressure they can get on, getting to the line. Some of these guys are automatic there, so it's just like there's 20 points. I think we'll see another one. Yeah, I was right? I was surprised. We'll get to Cat in a second that he didn't get to 70 the way he was cooking at halftime. Uh, he had 44 at halftime. It was surprised that he only had 18 in the second half. We'll get to that in a sec. But just last thing you mentioned, Kobe. Somehow, some way, someone asked the legend to say your name, Kobe Bryant, to say your name. Remember, we had that video for a long time where he said, "Hey, Je, it's Kobe." Or what, yeah. what did he say exactly? That was something about you. Uh, we yeah. that J or that J that J D loved to use in the sizzle reel. Yeah, uh, was hey it? J E, it's hey, K B. It's K B. Yeah, that's what he said. K B. Where the hell did we get that though? It got it from Yard Barker. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks Yard, Yard Barker. Who was it? Well, you're the one that there. talked to the late great Kobe Bryant I and actually very lucky. talked to him about scoring 81 yeah. against our raps, and he, you know. You know, uh, sarcastically apologized, which was great. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, uh, we have a trade, by the way. Breaking what? news. Yeah. Uh, our guy Jerome here in Slack saying uh, Kyle Lowry has been traded to the Hornets for Terry Rozier. So, is that real? I guess so. Wow. So, we will get well, to that. Well, that was going to be a rumor for later in our show. I was going to say, so why don't we just sit on that for a second? Oh. Let's get to the rest of uh, the performances from God. last night, and then we will just fold that into, like you said, one of the, uh, the headlines and news was going to be about that rumor. So, apparently, it's official. Jerome, fact check that, double fact check that, triple fact check that, but he's made the board, so it must be real. Yeah. Okay, let's go to Carl Anthony Townsville. I'm getting you in know. the car. I'm getting in the car, going to Charlotte. It's four hours away. <laughs> Cheer on the watch, growth. Kyle. Um, okay, we've given him beat his flowers. What a game. So, also, last night, Carl Anthony Towns scored 62, but it comes in a loss. But yeah. Because the Hornets rallied and spoil this this game from Cat. And it was a weird game. Mm-hmm. It's a game in which Cat gets benched down the sort of stretch. A little bit. And was probably a little too shot happy and maybe gunning for whether it be 70 or 80 or whatever, 100. Uh, they got a little tunnel vision there, and the game got out of control, got back into the game the Hornets did, and they went on to win. So, yeah. What do you think of this sort of, like, ruined, in a way, 62-point night, which is a Wolves franchise record, uh, which Cat previously had. I think he had it at 60, but he eclipsed that. So, thoughts on this one? Yeah, he had that flat 60, and he clearly wanted to beat it. He definitely was going for those shots towards the end, and his head coach, Chris Finch, said it post-game. As, oh, as, yeah. As, he was pissed. He was pissed about a lot of things. There's no doubt. Uh, he, he, I think they really, really, really missed Mike Conley, their point guard, just to – Get the offense going, not necessarily take over, but just get the ball moving because that's what happened in the fourth quarter. It wasn't necessarily all Cat's fault, but part of it was. And part of it was just the fact that everybody was just going one-on-one and just, all right, I'm I'm good with this. I'll just take these shots that the Hornets were able to beat uh, because they were moving the ball a little bit more. It's just a huge number for Charlotte. In the fourth quarter, it's where they beat them was thirty six eighteen. That 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 is what where where the game changed. Mm-hmm. They were up. Carl said, "All right, I'll just keep shooting." Um, and Anthony Edwards was doing the same. And for them, as the Minnesota Timberwolves to be the best defense in the league to allow one hundred twenty eight uh, against this Hornets team is just way too many. Yeah, there was some great shot making I thought from the Hornets in the Ooh, fourth. Baby, yeah. Like I mean, you had Rozier who's now on the Heat, I guess, uh, attacking. Gobert had a nice finish inside. Brandon Miller had a very difficult jumper with guys draped all over him. Yeah. Like, they were just good shot making, but Absolutely. you are right. They, they, There is no doubt they were up big. Towns was rolling. You know, couldn't miss from three. You had the Hornets broadcast, Eric Collins going nuts, mm-hmm. screaming no like it was a horror movie there in the first uh, half. But then they just were like, ah, let's see how many we can get them. Especially yeah. in the fourth there. At the start, he was just like jacking away. 
And he went cold. He only had four points. Towns did two of ten shooting in the fourth quarter. He thought he was fouled on that last drive. He was. Where there was a lot of guys around him, a lot of contact. A little surprising for a guy that had 62 points at that point to maybe not get that call. Yeah. Um, you know, there was a bit of a clean... The clean part of the block there, I think, from Black, but there was a lot of other contact. And then Cat had a chance at the end. He had to, like, throw up a desperation heave three-pointer, which didn't come close. So that's how he got to two for ten shooting in the fourth. But, yeah, you're right about Chris Finch saying he was like... He called it an absolute disgusting performance of defense and immature basketball. Mm. And even, I believe, Anthony Edwards admitted, because this guy keeps it real, he was like, yeah, we were just like seeing how many points we could get cat. <laughs> and like we, you know, we didn't really sort of respect the game. I'm paraphrasing a little bit there, but like that was what we got. We got just like a one track mind there, like, oh, how many points can we get this guy? This guy's on fire. And the Hornets stuck around, stuck around, and obviously put it together in the fourth. Like, what a weird, like, I saw somebody say this was like the most Carl Anthony Towns game of all time. There's <laughs> some truth to that. <laughs> I there almost is. felt bad for him in a weird way because he played so well and then. It obviously struggled in the fourth and they lose the game so nobody cares he was scorching hot and <laughs> he had 44 in the first half and just 18 in the second half which is strange I thought after watching him beat we're getting 70 no yeah. problem here yeah. 70 number two but the Hornets were just playing out playing the Wolves in, in that fourth quarter again they definitely missed Conley out there who looked cool in that vest <laughs> those that square vest but they just they, they stopped being who they are and Cat is so good because he produ- he he creates space for Rudy Gobert because as a four or five and these two seven footers that are part of the best defense in the NBA, Carl can sit outside the three point line and he has to be guarded because he's an incredible shooter. Oh, he hit his first eight threes, <laughs> hit ten on the night. Yeah. yeah, he he helps create space for Rudy Gobert. But on the other end, they just weren't the same defensively. No. Jaden McDaniel's who I love talking about and I I love. Uh, how he plays defense. He is their best perimeter defender, but he's he's been slacking a little bit. And he, he even on the bench, he just didn't seem into it. And out there defensively, he wasn't necessarily just into it. I think teams get into a bit of a lull here in the 82-game schedule. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, play, we have Christmas. Our team is going how it's going to go for most of the season. It's going well. We're kind of waiting for an all-star game. 82 games is a lot. Maybe we should go down to 70. But anyways, uh, just beyond that, you mentioned – the Hornets and how good they were. Brandon yeah. Miller, the number two pick. That was one of his best games. Yeah, I think it might have been his best game. Yeah. Scored 27. You just missed two shots in this game. He was just so hot. And you mentioned that one shot that was so difficult. Oh. Uh, it, it was so hard to see him evolve. Maybe they made the right pick because we everybody said, oh, you got to take Scoot at number two. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he has been coming on. He had 23 and 24 in his last two uh, coming into this game at 27 points. He's averaging just 15 overall, but he's growing. I, I think he is growing and had a little injury to take him away from part of this game. But because we're all talking cat and friends, we got to mention him and obviously Terry Rozier, I guess, too. Yeah, we'll get but, into yeah, that. Yeah, we'll get to that. But like, that guy can score, too. They were able to score in that fourth. Yep. Townsend and Bede became the fourth pair of NBA players to each score at least 60 points on the same day. And the first time since David Robinson, who had 73, and George Gervin, who had 63 in 1978, when they were chasing the scoring title. So, big night for points. Embiid, Sixers fans happy, comes in a win, he gets 70. Eh, Wolves fans, not as ecstatic. You know, 62 is still nice, but uh, in the loss, ugh in a rough loss to a team in the Hornets who obviously are one of the worst teams in the league. And they really just shit the bed in the fourth. And again, like the guy that's got it going, 
is pulled a couple times in the fourth. I get some of it was for defensive Absolutely. reasons. Yep. I get that, but wow, that's a that's a tough pill to swallow there. And this, you know, he didn't get enough from his other guys either. And had a bad game. They were missing bunnies inside. Cat missed a layup inside. Uh, McDaniel's missed a layup inside. Gobert could have grabbed that rebound, didn't? You know, there was like those small little things added up. Yeah, and, and uh, apparently Anthony Edwards was sick coming into this game, so he that's was right. he that's was right. questionable. He obviously didn't look good. He, Good teammate trying to get it going for Cat, but they just stood out there thinking, oh, we got this huge double-digit lead against Charlotte yeah. Hornets. Let's just chuck. And, yes, Carl Anthony Towns was definitely followed by a reaching Terry Rozier on that play before yeah. he got blocked. There's no doubt. But it was kind of hard to see for the referees. I don't know why I want to make excuses for the referees, but he was plowing into two other guys that weren't Terry Rozier, and Terry Rozier kind of reached, so they were kind of looking at the other two guys. That being said, yeah, it, it stinks. It should have been called. Final game we'll touch on here because I guess we got to get to a trade. Uh, Kevin Durant scored 43. <laughs> 43 points. Pfft, come on. What, what is that? Uh, might as well be two. Uh, he hits the game-winning shot, though, the most important two, as the Suns rallied from 23 down to beat the Bulls 115-113. Highly recommend you go check the uh, you know final five or six minutes of this game. The shot-making, uh, some controversial, I would say, calls that yep. were either overturned or maybe missed. Absolutely. Uh, especially from the Bulls side of things, but KD, the the shot at the end there, just uh, incredible, like a like sort of a double clutch shot. I mean, Caruso's all over him, so he sort of just hangs up in the air a little bit, throws a little pump fake in the air, and then still splashes it. Nice pass from Nurk too there, because mm-hmm. um, that was after the Bulls had a foul to give, so KD just stood there at the top, Caruso just stood there. Clock winded down from like 22 seconds. Katie's finally started to make a move. Crusoe fouled him because they had a foul to give. Then they had to inbound it on the side. I was concerned they weren't even going to get the ball to KD at first. Uh, but Nurk found him, and he hit a hell of a jumper there to uh, seal the deal. I'm glad we're just talking about this last shot because it, it was really incredible. It, <laughs> it was, was an awesome it was, shot. It was so beautiful to see Nurk inbound, to, inbound at the three-point line, beyond the three-point line where Durant was standing. And... Crusoe may have been looking a little bit more at Nurkic, a little too much, so he was slow to recover to Kevin Durant, but he got there enough, fast enough to just put his hand up and try and fly by and block the shot, and Durant realized it, so he brought the ball down as Crusoe (laughs) went over it and then was able to shoot. So he was hanging in the air while he brought it down and was able to shoot it. It's beautiful. This is an anniversary of ours for, yeah, 18 years we've been doing this show. It's hard to remember shots like that. I, I, I literally, I can't. I can't remember. <laughs> Will you remember it next week? Is the question? <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, no, but no, really. We, we need. Do you? Is that? Is it? Is there a huge accumulation of double clot shots like that? I don't think so. I, see what, to go I know mesh. what you mean. Yeah, yeah. especially especially the camera angle. Maybe it's because the camera angles aren't all that good years over years since we've been doing this show. But there was a great camera angle from the other end of the floor where it just zoomed in to see Caruso almost. Fly by and block it. Yeah. Uh, but Durant said, nah, I'm I'm so freaking talented. I can drop the ball an inch so you just fly by and then hit the shot. Money, as yeah. he was. You, you mentioned all the shots that were being made. Oh. Uh, that was that was KD stuff right yeah, there. Yeah, because he hit a big three. That was off after a rebound there. I think Beal had missed a shot. He sort of stayed with it, though. I think Eubanks got credit for the rebound. That one got kicked Eubanks. out. Eubanks. Feeling hit it. a big three. But uh, there was a like, crazy overturned call on DeRozan. Yeah, classic DeRozan baseline sort of fadeaway jumper. I believe originally called a foul on the Suns. They challenged saying, nah, DeRozan's kicking his legs out. And DeRozan had hit the shot too. 
And they, they looked at it. They said, yeah, you know what? You're right. Offensive foul. That was a big, big play. That was like with a couple minutes left. Uh, and then there was a couple other ones where I thought there was maybe some contact. But, uh, yeah, they, the Suns pulled it off. To rally from 23 back, I mean, it's a hell of a comeback. Yeah, looked and like a Bulls, Bulls night for sure. Absolutely. I'm shocked. And, and DeRozan was then hitting his shots. That's why I, I recommend you go check the highlights because it was some great shot making. Like, DeRozan was doing his thing. But, um, yeah, a little too much KD with uh, a season high of 43. For KD. Yeah, on a day when he said uh, that he should be in the greatest of all time conversation, he, he has to throw it out there, and he, he's always labeled as the best scorer, which is, yes, just yes. kind of reduces what he did in the NBA <laughs> because you just mentioned him as a scorer. Hey, Harden's a great scorer. Oh, yeah, what about the other stuff? Well, Durant did win a couple championships, but obviously the Golden State thing kills him. But we're talking greatest of all time. Yeah, we're getting yeah, into yeah. You're getting to a list of three, four, or five guys. I know, do, you, I know. do you believe KD's that high? No, yeah. I think he's second tier, right? That's yeah. Where he's at least right now. I mean, he's still playing. Yeah. yeah. Get another one, get another two. Get another one. Maybe it's different. Uh, and then just quickly, other scores. The Cavs crushed the Magic for their eighth straight win. This is one of the most surprising stories, I would think, in the NBA with uh, no Garland and Mobley. They continue to win. Giannis had a triple-double. Books pull, uh, Bucks excuse me, pulled away late against the Pistons. Tatum and Brown helped the Celtics overcome Luka's triple-double for the win. Jaron Jackson Jr. had 27 points in a win against the Raptors. And uh, Harrison Barnes scored mm. 32 as the Kings beat the Hawks. They snapped their four-game skid. Any of those games you want to touch on? Well, that Cavs-Magic game, it's, it's miraculous what these Cavs have become. Uh, they destroyed the Magic, primarily with their three-point shooting, and that's what they've done since. They had two huge guys uh, in terms of their stardom. They've been out for so long in, in Darius Garland and Evan Mobley. So this team became something different as they were trying at the beginning while everyone was uh, healthy. But then they became this three-point shooting team. And it really goes through Donovan Mitchell um, and because of – the three-point shooters that they've put on the floor since Mobley and, and uh, Garland have been hurt. You can't double Mitchell. And, like, watching Chumo KK guard him, who is an OKK defender, but he can't guard Mitchell one-on-one. On one. It just can't happen. So uh, Donovan Mitchell started just finding guys, and Sam Merrill, who is now a big part of this rotation coming off the bench, was 8 of 13 from three-point land. Strews multiple threes. Dean Wade multiple threes, who's starting for Evan Mobley now. It just makes me ask, does Evan Mobley start when he comes back? I know he's Evan Mobley, and he's a very good player. But the space that Dean Wade creates is different. It's mm-hmm. just it's yeah. just different out there. Evan Mobley doesn't shoot the threes. He came in for two years. He took you know a, a couple threes a game that's now been reduced. Was, it was 1.3 threes uh per game he you know at least fired them away uh and now he kind of takes a three every two games it's it's reduced mm-hmm. so this something that we all expected for Evan Mobley to expand his game to hasn't happened and and I don't, I don't know I don't know if Evan Mobley this guy who's you know in the rookie of the year talks I don't know if he starts because JB Bickerstaff head coach said we obviously understand you want to get as many layups as you possibly can, but with our personnel that's there now, we can stretch the floor. We've got quick triggers and no conscience. Yeah. So we want to take advantage of that. You know, they took 43 threes against the Hawks, and then guys just firing away yesterday against a very good Magic defensive team hitting 23s. And then you make Mitchell look so much better just yeah. because of all that space. Exactly. And, and Jared Allen is their starting center, and he can hit shots too, not three-point shots, yeah. but – I don't think you want two guys. We don't need two of those guys. Yeah, so it's interesting yeah. to see. 
Uh, fascinating stuff. They continue to rack up the wins. Uh, good stuff there from the Cavs. Okay, we got to take a break. Uh, and then we got to figure out our B block and how we're going to do this because we do have a trade to discuss that broke during the show and we have a bunch of other headlines. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. All right, still here in the Classic Factory. If you're joining us live on YouTube or even watching later, hit the like button. Make sure you subscribe and uh, podcast listeners, help us out. Five star ratings and reviews. So, how do we want to tackle this, boys? Well, we'll uh, we'll do is this news sting, then go right to the trade. That's the biggest news. Okay. okay. Now, what what do you want to do? Well, are you on Slack right now? Probably not. You were just doing an ad read. I was um, just doing an ad. Read. <laughs> I say we just start by talking about this trade. Okay, yeah, just let's broke, do it. Then we'll get and then to the we'll pivot to is this news, and we'll just get rid of the Lowry headline that we had in is okay, this news. Okay, fair enough. Here we go. <laughs> That's how the sausage gets made. <laughs> the Charlotte Hornets. This is a mini Woj bomb. While we were live, oh, we love it. That's why we do it live, baby. Uh, the Hornets are trading guard Terry Rozier to the Miami Heat for a 2027 first-round pick and Kyle Lowry. That first-round pick in the deal does include protections, okay? I'm sure we'll be finding out about those protections, but here we have Rozier, who's having an awesome year. I mean, we just talked about how great he played there in the fourth uh, in a win over the Wolves last night. He's averaging 23.2 points per game. Six and a half assists, basically four boards, and he is making his way to the Miami Heat task. And it all it took was was Lowry, who was uh, coming off the bench, wasn't all that happy about that. No, and uh, and that first round pick, so that's uh, had to be attached to Lowry there. Um, we also have word from Woj that the Hornets have no immediate plans to work on a buyout with Lowry, and are expected to see if they can work another trade for him before the deadline. So Lowry might be on the move, maybe to a more of a contending team where he can come off a bench and help a team. But anyway, Terry Rozier going to Miami. What do you think here? First, shocked, but also pleased that rumors come true. This was a rumor that we <laughs> were going to talk about today is the Charlotte Hornets, definitely a seller when it comes to this trade deadline, just a mere two weeks away. And the Miami Heat have been looking all season long for a potential scoring guard, even in the preseason. There was the Damian Lillard talk, obviously, and they've now added Terry Rozier, who is a really good scorer that we talk about here on the show because the guy is definitely not talked about a lot. When you go and talk about the Charlotte Hornets, LaMelo Mall is talked about first and foremost, and uh, Rozier doesn't get a lot of the credit, uh, but he is extremely good. I, I definitely wondered when Kyle Lowry went to the bench for two games and, and he said he wanted to get back into the starting lineup. Yeah. Um what the Heat were doing exactly, because I can understand making Tyler Hero a starter every single game this season and having Kyle Lowry beside him, even though this is a really good defensive team, it's smaller. It's a smaller backcourt, and Lowry gives it on the defensive end, but you may want to get a little bit larger. But they just go with uh, Terry Rozier, who when I made when I went to uh, to the trade machine today, mm-hmm. I was I was thinking that Terry Rozier would get there, but he is also extremely small. They're extremely happy to have Jaime Jaquez with Butler and Adebayo to add that size there uh, and him being sort of relentless as a rookie. So those three guys are definitely going to play. Those will be the the, the defensive guys there. Um, but I guess you'll see some other lineups. I wonder if the Heat are done is, is basically what I'm mm. saying. Um, because Rozier probably will come off the bench and be your six-man lighting it up yeah. um, on this team if Tyler Hero is starting, which I understand. Because you want to change it up a little bit. But uh, Kyle getting you know, a first-round pick. Uh, we have, it, we have by the way, the protections on that. And yeah. it's, 
It's not horrible. Woj is saying that in the Rosier deal, Miami's first round pick is lottery protected in 2027 and then unprotected should it convey in 2028. Mm. So there is that. So it's a future pick. There's that. Um, Terry's going to help. This yeah. was what it comes down to. The guy can score, and the guy can score on his own, and so that's why I prob- probably think he's going to be their sixth man. I think he's going to light it up from the bench. Yeah, and we've talked about it before. You know, he's he's sort of been lost in Charlotte, where they haven't had a lot of success recently. But he has played in playoff series before. You know, back in his Celtics days, he's been there, has a lot of playoff uh, experience. So, you know, shouldn't be shocked when the Heat are in a playoff series, and uh, should be okay there. Also, Lowry. Again, we were coming into this show with the headline about this rumor. I had in my notes here, I'm pretty sure Miami's going to have to attach a first-round pick with Lowry to go and get someone like Rozier, and that's ended up what they had to do. But Lowry, 38 years old in March, he is in the, I don't know, arguably the worst stretch of his heat career, at least, Tass, when it comes yeah. to shooting. I mean, this guy, Lowry, one of my favorite players of all time, the GROAT, the greatest Raptor of all time, he was shooting 16.7% over his last five games. He hadn't hit a three-pointer. In his last five games. He was averaging mm-hmm. two points per game. Mm-hmm. I know it's a small sample size, but we're talking some minutes, too. This is not five, six minutes a game. He was playing 25 minutes a game, so he had just been brutal for them. Not surprisingly, they had lost their last three. They lost to the Raps. They lost to the Hawks. They lost to the Magic. And yeah, he was coming off the bench for a couple of those and wasn't didn't seem all that excited about that. Then we saw, was it last night? Oh, Kyle Lowry on social media. He stopped following all the Heat players. Uh-oh, he removed the Heat thing from his bio. So the writing was on the wall, and he goes to uh, Charlotte for now. I don't think he's going to be there long. And uh, I really like this move from the Heat, getting Terry Rozier. Uh, some more scoring punch. They need a better offense. They rank like 20th in the NBA in offense, and that's why they were so focused on getting someone rumored to be Damian Lillard before the season started because if, even though they made the NBA Finals, uh, Jimmy needs some help offensively, and so I think Rozier makes a lot of sense. I do wonder who that starting shooting guard is going to be, if it will be just Jaime Jaquez and, and Jimmy Butler and Bam in the front court and then Tyler Hero alongside could it be Josh Richardson? Uh, you know, you're like your like your 2011 Mavs that won it all. They started Deshaun Stevenson at the shooting guard spot, somebody who can play D, but not necessarily play more than 20 minutes. Right. Um, and then you can change it up and get Jason Terry in that case, or Terry yeah. Rozier in yeah. this case to come off the bench to light it up because th- they're going to be a good defensive team. I-, I always wondered about their size, but I guess Hawkes is is going to be their starting. Power four, but he's a little undersized. I I don't know. I'm just thinking. I'm thinking long term. I'm thinking what this team becomes uh, here with Terry Rozier. But maybe they're not done. Um, or it's yeah. you know, Haywood Highsmith. Uh, they've got guys, and obviously Spolstra sat Lowry. Yeah, because he he wasn't playing all that incredibly well. No. Um, offensively. Again, he's 38 soon. I mean, that's old. I mean, yeah. and for a guy that plays the way he does as well. Uh, maybe it's caught up to him a little bit. Does he have a little bit left in the tank to help a contending team? I think so, but it would have to be sort of in a, you know, obviously as a vet guy on a bench in the locker room and then maybe changing the outcome of a quarter over a half in a playoff series. But we'll see where he lands and if he gets moved. Um, but yeah, I like the Heat. Like this to me, like they're they're like, no, this is still open in the East. We still believe in any matchup we can beat mm-hmm. a team in a seven-game series. We've done it before. Why not now? And they're adding more talent here. Uh, which is sort of cool to see, you know, and it, and it's a it's costing them a a future pick, yeah, it, which could be a decent pick, you know, but they don't they don't care for that right now. It's right all about this this second. It's always all about that with the Miami Heat. They always want to go for it, but also Jimmy Butler 
has played hard for his NBA career. He is 34 years of age. He is getting a little bit older, and I can understand why they're sort of going for yeah. it right yep. here, right now. Yeah, they're trading Kyle Lowry. Somebody will put him in the Hall of Fame one day, <laughs> uh, but it is unfortunate. But this this, this is when the Raptors trade him. It was three years ago now, you know, almost, almost three years ago. This is the end of the, his contract that Miami was – willing to give him three yeah, years yeah. 90 million dollars back then this is the 30 that he's making this season but i do think yeah charlotte will try and yeah send him somewhere or make a little buyout a uh, deal with if Kyle they can't Lowry. get anything in return i would think so yeah but yeah there's there's somebody's gonna want him as a backup card I and mean, we can think of lots of teams there's all this talk about the knicks wanting to bring in a complimentary shooting type of guard off the bench, you know, a Jordan Clarkson or something like that. But sometimes with that team, they've got Jalen Brunson. They could use a Kyle Lowry is Mm -hmm. all all I'm thinking right now. All right. Very exciting stuff. Trade happening during the pod. We love to see it. Okay, let's get to a little Is This News. Tassie, you got the headlines. Yeah, yeah. I guess we're ditching the Lowry one. We don't need to. Yeah, touch on we'll that one ditch anymore. that one. Yeah, yeah. This is the segment where we tell you everything you need to know in basketball, or is it? Who knows? This is is this news? We start with the Chicago Bulls. Zach Levine rolled his ankle against the Raptors couple, yeah. or five days ago. Went off the floor, threw a towel. He was very angry because this was an injury coming off a more recent, another injury. So he is a little upset. It's only a couple weeks until the trade deadline. Yeah. He's been rumored to be in trades. So, the article from The Athletic here, Zach Levine's injury clouds Bulls trade prospects as deadline nears. Is this news, Skeets? I guess it is, yes, because it makes already what was going to be a tricky trade situation even trickier, right? And what I mean by that is we have to consider before the injury uh, what team is comfortable Absorbing Zach Levine's contract. Mm. Three years, approximately $138 million left on that deal, including a $49 million player option in 26-27, which he'll probably pick up. So there's that. Then you had to figure out, well, which team is comfortable even just fitting Zach Levine into their to their lineup? And, and is he their second guy, their third guy, and all of that? How he fits on court. And now a team, in theory, must be comfortable, for the lack of a better term, taking on damaged goods. Right now, if this deal is to happen sort of here before the deadline. You know, he's got this sprained right ankle. It's going to keep him out a couple of weeks. He's also missed a bunch of time this year. Um, and then on top of all that, Tess, yeah. you know, to put a tack under your ass and make you even more uncomfortable, it's no secret that the Bulls have performed better without Zach Levine this year. So there's that part of the equation, too. Now, I know he came back here. He definitely was, like, trying to be more of a team player. Absolutely. Maybe trying to help the trade value. I don't know what was going on there. Um, but the Bulls 11 and 8 without Zach Levine in the lineup. It could be 11 and 9 now. I forgot to maybe uh, add the uh, loss to the Suns last night. But 10 and 15 with Zach Levine. So there's this whole part. So I guess this is newsworthy just because it's like ill-timed and doesn't it doesn't help any sort of hypothetical return package the Bulls may or may not receive from any of these teams because now the guys got a bum ankle. Yeah. And you know you should be able to come back from sprained ankle. Don't get me wrong. But it's not. It doesn't help. Mm. It doesn't help the idea of like, oh, an enticing offer getting more enticing because teams are like, you know, uh, really trying to get Zach Levine. By all accounts, there's very little interest in what really is the contract, not the player. No, right? Because 
Zach Levine did good enough when he came back from that first injury. He played he hard enough. He told Kobe White, who is now the starting sh- shooting guard or the starting point guard, but also everything sort of running through him. He told him, "I'm here to make you better. I'm here to not get in your way." Mm. And that's that's something that they shared. And to me, that's a great sign. I think he's also showcasing himself in general uh, because he he knows how good he can be. He is an incredible scorer, and he knows that there are other teams watching, specifically the Los Angeles Lakers, as we always have to talk about. But uh, I I think being smart and showing the Los Angeles Lakers that he can play off the ball, that he doesn't necessarily have to have everything go through him the entire time was fitting. I think it it fit well with him coming off the bench primarily Mm -hmm. uh, when he came back and uh, and even trying to fight through that ankle injury. So You think this still means he'll be traded? In the next, what, two and a half weeks that we're at? Yeah, I don't think this really changes how much other teams want him. No. Does it change if he gets traded or not? Will he get traded? I don't know. I don't, I'm don't. i not picking up the calls uh, in the front office there with, with, with Eversley. And, uh, I'm just AK. not. Yeah, yeah, and AK. I'm not. I'm not picking it up, so I don't know. But I, I do think they're listening. <laughs> I know they're, they're somewhat... I wouldn't say entirely pulling the plug, but they're somewhat pulling the plug. If they sign Vooch uh, to a contract before this season, he's there. Is he tradable? DeMar is a free agent this offseason. Is he tradable? Is he tradable? There's there's lots. So I, Alex I, I, Caruso is one player that a lot of people probably want, yeah. but should they trade him? Yeah. Do you trade him at you know this uh, at a high level that he's playing at right now, and maybe you're uh, cashing in there? Like, is Caruso going to be a part of your long-term plan? And if he's yeah. not, then maybe you do cash in. But, yeah, uh, Karn- a lot of decisions. Right, they do. And so Karnish is, is taking the calls. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. About all these guys. He is discussing all these guys. But as you mentioned about those dollar dollar bills that are owed to Levine, those are, yeah, those are a lot. That's a lot. It's it's That's a lot of money. They signed him to a huge deal when things were going really well, when Lonzo Ball was balling for them and things were looking great, and then, bang, it's all over. It it, it all changed for them with Lonzo Ball out. So TBD yep. on if anybody gets dealt. All right, next one. Kyle Lowry. Oh, no, we're not doing Kyle Lowry anymore. Uh, we're talking uniforms with this next one. Okay. One specific part of them we've all noticed as basketball geeks. Each team has more jerseys. And where they are, they've changed. The jerseys have changed. They've added so many. Another one from The Athletic. Okay. Theathletic.com slash no dunks for a good deal right now if you want an athletic subscription. subscription. Yeah. The Athletic lists this article. Why NBA home teams have stopped wearing white jerseys. Baby, this was news to me. Is this news to you? This was news to you? Yeah, I, 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 mean, I geeked out. I, I enjoyed it. Mike Vorkanoff, I think he does a, a great job sort of like covering the, I guess, business side of things, if you want to call it yep. that, in the uh, sports world. Um, I learned some things in this article that we can go through, but I wouldn't say this is newsworthy. Teams haven't been wearing their white home jerseys for like a long time now. Yeah. And the reason is dollar dollar bills. Right. And that's what Mike says in the article. Teams want to make sure these new city edition jerseys, these zany designs, the ones that the kids want, whatever, that they get enough appearances in their own home markets so the fans see them and go, oh, that's a cool jersey. Dad, I want that wild jersey. Okay, let's go to the store and grab it, right? You know, you do this around the holidays too and people are shopping for gifts and stuff like that. So you just create these favorable environments to show them off. 
build an affinity for them and maybe people are going to buy them. So that's not that part's not newsworthy because we've been doing this for a while now. Uh-huh. Like nobody wears basically white at home. I mean, the Suns were wearing their white jerseys at home last night. That's surprising. I actually like it. I do like it. I'm a bit of a traditionalist. I don't mind it. Mm-hmm. But I understand why they don't because all these new jerseys they make, they want to sell. So you got to show them off to your fan base is the thinking, I think. Yeah, I, I just liked it how they went into detail. Nike took over in 27, 2018. So this is their yeah. seventh full year having everything go through them and they assigned specific names to home jerseys and road jerseys and alternate jerseys and all that and i know we know these names but you're talking it's about good to the write association down. yeah and the icon yeah because like you just said the, the kids don't know that what the home jersey is anymore because it's changed no how would you be able to keep track exactly like six jerseys exactly so if they know anything they say Oh, that's the blue jersey they have. Or that's the red jersey, yes. the colors. They probably don't go by the names. No, they the, definitely don't. The home one is the association. That's their white jersey of every team. The road one is the icon. The statement is their alternate jersey. <laughs> yeah. And the city edition, the city edition, which changes annually and has no real set color color scheme, is their fourth jerseys. And I liked seeing this from Isn't Borkenau. there like sometimes a classic jersey too? Or is that the same as a city yeah, there is. Because you I know guess. you get these like throwback ones, really, yeah. that are like almost outside. Anyway, so there is, there is. You're yeah, right. No, there's so many and, and, and there's just a there's a, a number allocation. You got to wear it this many times. You got to wear it. Yeah. So the home, I learned that I didn't know that. Yeah, it's good. The home and road you have to wear at least ten times. Yep. The association, the icon, but I'm calling them the home and the road. We got to figure out better <laughs> terms. Nike's got to do a better job of that. I, I just, or maybe it's one, two, three, four, five. Jersey one is this one. Like I don't know. I I just don't. I can't specify each yeah. one. Anyways, you have to wear the home and Road ten times, uh, the statement six times, yeah. the city edition, and classic three times. Right, so minimum, minimum, a minimum, yeah, yeah a minimum. So that's that's twenty six, thirty two of your eighty two games. So you can really change it up for your other fifty games. You can wear whatever the heck you want. Here's the paragraph that jumped out to me in Mike Vorkanoff's article. Aesthetically, the NBA looks different from year to year as it introduces new uniforms with each season. It is exhilarating or exhausting, depending on whom you ask. The league is either running into grand ideas behind the creativity of its teams, or it is running away from convention and diluting its storied brands. That is perfectly put. Mm. Which side do you fall on? Yeah. Too many jerseys. You're actually ruining some of these iconic brands yeah. by diluting it all. Or the opposite. Some some of these are great jerseys, some fun designs. Obviously, again, you're trying to hit a younger fan base. You're trying to sell jerseys. I get all that. Uh, and, and people love it. So, I mean, are you somewhere in the middle? Are you on one end of the spectrum? Yeah, I guess when they gave Nike this ability to just designate how many games are worn by each type of jersey, I, I guess they were sort of allowing the franchise to say, okay, we want to have our home jerseys be primarily white. If they want, they can't. So yeah, they, they're they could, they, yeah. they, like a Boston Celtics. I, I tend to think, well, they're they're wearing the traditional stuff, Pre- predominantly the traditional stuff. They have to have a third a statement and these city edition alternate jerseys, um, but those only have to be worn a few times. So they're trying to have a balance. I think mm-hmm. they allow the franchises to have a balance and just get on their own court and wear what you want. Uh, because yeah, you could be wearing. Your home team as much as you, or home jersey as much as you want, and not mix it up as much, just to take, just to give them, give everybody a little bit of taste. But if you don't want that, then you, uh, maybe you don't sell as many. So I guess they're just allowing 
It's, it's, it's complicated. This article is complicated. <laughs> well, it's look, it gets down to this. Should one team, let's just whatever, should the Celtics be allowed to say, we only want two jerseys, man. We want a green jersey and we want a white jersey. That's it. I guess not. Because that's our brand. I know. And then another team can be like, no, we want... We want New Jersey every night, man. We want eight. <laughs> we want 82. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, or eight. Uh-huh. Uh, we want as many as we can think of. Like, I mean, right. I guess, like, that's the thing. Should the NBA, which they do have a say, because it is the entire brand, right? You want to sort of keep, uh, you know, the checks and balances on everything. Otherwise, one team goes well, well overboard, and maybe another team is too stodgy and, and doesn't lean into some creativity. I, I, I get why they want to, like, you know, sort of keep everyone on the same sort of numbers here yeah. okay we have these four jerseys maybe you have a fifth yeah um but i mean do you really need that well, i don't know yeah no, not, not necessarily so. and i understand you want to keep the old farts happy there are some old fans who just want to see a white jersey and a dark jersey and then a, that's why they allow them to wear them for as as much as they want while making rules that they yeah. have to have these fourth jerseys so they kind of allow them to say this jersey gets X amount of games. This jersey gets X amount this of games. This is not just an NBA thing, right? The NHL used to, I believe, have the, maybe it was an unwritten rule or written rule, you know, the home team. They wear their their whites, right? Yeah. That's like, just like the NBA days, but uh, they don't do that anymore. They've no. veered away from that. Again, I think it's just all to sell merch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the reason. Um, but you can be upset with it, I guess. I mean, there was one thing that I did like. You would turn on a game and you knew instantaneously that's the home yeah, team. Yeah, that's the Now th- you don't. You're like... Oh, hold on, the road team's wearing white. Okay, but so what? You look at the scorebook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it takes you one more second to figure out who's the home team. Yeah. No, it, I, I find the jerseys for the NHL sometimes a little confusing yeah. to understand what they are. I was just in Canada, actually. Mm-hmm. I picked up some of my old jerseys that I, I had left there because I don't wear hockey jerseys anymore. Mm-hmm. But uh, I got some, so I'm going to wear them tomorrow. What? Both of them. XLs. <laughs> They're huge. Oh, yeah, yeah. For yeah. me, they're a little too big. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to have to wear shoulder pads. I think that's that's why they sell those jerseys, because you got to fill them in. Hey, speaking of hockey, did <laughs> you see the Oilers won their 13th straight game? Did they? And set the Canadian record for most wins in a row? Wow. Isn't that weird? I'm like, how is that the record? Yeah, you think I mean, somebody lot, was better. But I guess... In hockey, it's a lot. You tie more often, maybe? You tie. Yeah. The tie takes they away They won 13 straight, the Oilers. Shout out to our guy, Stefan. Yeah. He's the only Oilers fan I know. Uh, uh, yeah, my man Lee P. Oh, he's a, he's, yeah, oh okay. yeah, 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 yeah. I know him too. Okay, good. Yeah. Anyway, crazy. You would have thought like the Gretzky Messier Oilers did that, no? You would think. Or, the, or a Canadians team. They just or, keep winning. They Patrick kept... Waugh in between the pipes. Yeah, right. So that's the Canadian record. What's, the, Canadian the, what's record? the American record? I don't have that in front of me. Okay, that's fine. I guess they beat the 67 68 Montreal Canadiens, who won 12 in a row. So the Oilers won 13 straight. They dropped your flames. Oh, Battle of Alberta. Oh, yeah, baby. 3-1. I should have been wearing my jersey today. You know, we need to get a hockey drop, like a music uh, bed, like we do with the Rounders. There there it is, is. baby. (laughs) Holy (laughs) shit, JD. No. We can't get anything by you today, JD. We got breaking trades. We got a little hockey tack. Yeah. If the young boys. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I need that drop. Yeah. What did, how did it go? If the young boys, the boys can't take, take a little, little bit of helicacklin. Yeah, if the young boys can't take a little bit of heckling, they should stick to Dillywinks and PlayStation. There you go. <laughs> There's a second part to that, too. Uh, really? Yeah. Yeah, what does he say? The second part of that feature that was filmed 
on that, on that, that so good on that news channel. Yeah, but he does a similar cadence and a, oh yeah, and we, just, we, def- as... we definitely say that a lot. The if the young boys, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, like, yeah. <laughs> just that part, <laughs> just that part. Yeah. But Tiddlywinks and PlayStation is an underrated part yeah, of that too. So good. All right, final one from yeah. is this news here? New in the NBA this year, players must play at least 65 games if they're gonna win an award. The NBA wants less sitting of games. And there are TV deals to sell, so just play those games, fellas, all right? Uh, the rating MVP, Joel Embiid, is on pace to play 62 games. So it's unlikely. Yeah, it's possible that he yeah. could win the award, but it is unlikely. This from Sixers Wire. 76ers head coach Nick Nurse says, quote, 65-game rule isn't fair. Is this news? This is fake news. What do you mean? I don't think this is what he said. Well, he said it. No. No, 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 no. Oh, yeah, this yeah, this yeah, is yeah, the yeah, definition yeah. of fake news. I, I made this this post because, or this topic here, because he said it. Well, look, I saw, I Go went ahead. to Hoops Hype, and I saw a headline that said something similar. Yeah, yeah, Nick yeah. Nurse on 65-game threshold for Joel Embiid. I don't think it's fair. He said I, that. I did a little, no, 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 he did not. I did a little deep dive. He was asked about, hypothetically, about Embiid not hitting, maybe, the 65-game mark. And I thought he was saying... It's not fair to being asked about it mm. in advance because it hasn't happened yet. You're right. So he said, quote, Nick Nurse, he wants, okay, he wants to see how things play out. He said, quote, again, I don't think fair. It's the first year of us doing this. I think we just got to kind of have to, before we speculate on what it looks like, we got to get there. We got to see where we're at, what happens and what decisions are made. See if he's played, you know? So I think I took this as he was actually saying, it's not fair to look into the future. We don't know the future. Joel Embiid could play enough games. Yeah. He's missed 10. He can't miss more than seven. There's 40 games left. So I think this is fake news, Tasmos. <laughs> They're putting a tack under Nick Nurse's ass that, and asking him. Yeah, Nick Nurse didn't say 65-game rule isn't fair. He didn't say that. Well, you missed the first <laughs> oh, quote. You missed, you missed the first part of okay. that same quote. Just the first part of that same quote because he was asked about it. Hey, yeah, Embiid, yeah. Embiid's not going to play 65 games. What, what happens? What are you going to do? Are you going to play 65 games? He did say, the only time I ever give it any thought is when you ask me about it. <laughs> right. so, he, so he was angry. Then he said, again, I don't think fair. Again, I don't think fair. See, I so, don't think fair is the fair part to the threshold the yeah. NBA has put on it, or is the not fair or whatever fair to being asked about it? Because it hasn't happened yet. He might get there, guys. Yeah, maybe. Which is actually my takeaway from this. It's like we are making a big deal out of something that we don't even know to be true yet, right? I yeah. mean, look, I'm just as guilty. We've brought it up. Like, I actually think, oh my God, the NBA scriptwriters will have Joel Embiid play 64 games. And then all hell is going to break loose yeah. when he's averaging 36 points per game and whatever double-digit rebounds and five assists, and his team's undefeated or you know has an incredible record when he plays, but he didn't hit the C5. Like that's I can almost see it happening now. Sure, but and, it hasn't happened. And when the NBA signs its TV deal that's upcoming very, very, very soon, the negotiations begin very soon. They can say, "All right, let's get rid of that rule." That we had last season. <laughs> oh, yeah, that we just put in place to uh, try and get guys to play Try and games. get guys to play yeah. the national TV games especially, but more in general, which they have been. Joel Embiid did miss 10 games in the first half of the season, so he is on pace to miss it. You, you, have, yeah. you have to miss 18 to not win this award because right. of this new rule. He cannot just, miss more than seven. He can miss seven and still be. The rest of the way yeah. here, yes. Yeah. But max 17 for the season, uh, so 10 plus seven. He can't miss eight. 
But yeah, it's all how you interpret Mr. Nurse's yeah, comments. Yeah, that's how I took it. But just let the basically what this comes down to is let the voters vote. <laughs> and that's what it comes down to. If let guy, the boy vote. Yeah. <laughs> let the boy vote. If a guy plays 61 games, is he MVP or not? If he plays 62 games or 63 games or 64 games, does that eliminate them from the MVP? I understand the whole load management angle of the the NBA trying to get away from all of that because it has been too much of a story the last few years. It has been. But Kawhi has said this year, no more managing the load. It's all load Leonard from here on in. (laughs) Right, right. And it's changed. He plays. Um, But Embiid, I don't think he's going to get to 65 because we've seen him in the postseason. He wears down a little bit throughout these all these months. There's there's no doubt it wears on him. He's missed postseason games because of injury, not because he's sitting in five of his six postseasons. Right. So he's got to come in as fresh as possible. Okay, but then that's their deci- That's an Embiid decision. Yeah. That's a Sixers decision to literally with the rules in place. It's not like we didn't know the rules heading into the no. season. The threshold. If you want to win MVP, you got to play 65. I'm sorry, that's what we decided on. That's what the yeah, the this... Players Association has also decided on. Okay, so if you don't really want to, because like I'm talking about want to as in there's a game or two at the end of the season and they make a decision, you know what? Uh, we'd rather you sit because you haven't done shit in the playoffs, man. Like we got to actually win some playoff series here. Let's not worry about a second MVP. But they'll they'll come to that cr- that bridge and we'll find out what they do. Yeah, and also I, I think... Nick Nurse is probably listening to the doctors, not the Nick Nurses and doctors, but uh, but some of them, some of he has to hear what they have to say about Joel Embiid because Greg Popovich is listening to it for Victor Wembanyama, and it is a, a whole reversal of what Nick, or, I'm sorry, Adam Silver said about managing the load. He said the reports are that it helps players, and it does. But <laughs> this year, all of a sudden, Adam Silver has said. Check these reports. <laughs> it doesn't help them. Um, so, yes, it, it's all about reports. Um, and speaking of Canada, since we talked hockey and all that, yeah, yeah. I, I, this is extremely important. I just got a text <laughs> that asked, is fried mushroom poutine a thing? Because oh poutine is <laughs> a thing. Who the hell is asking you that? <laughs> fried <laughs> mushrooms in a poutine. They put everything yeah, in a poutine sure it's in a Canada. Thing, of course, yeah. Fried mushroom? Yeah, of course. It Just is. grill it, baby. You don't got to fry it. Oh. Anyway, whatever. Uh, mushroom, mushrooms are good. <laughs> who, who and is poutine. Yeah, uh, honestly, who is I'm not going to reveal. No, I'm not going to reveal. I'm not going to reveal. Is it a Canadian? No. no. no it sounds like an American to me, doesn't it? <laughs> it really does. It sounds like Brian Leach to me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Nobody knows that. <laughs> um, well, I was going to say a final thought. That okay. has nothing to do uh, with anything. Yep. But when you brought up nurse, you made it a little nurse uh, doctor joke. Yeah, it wasn't great. No, it wasn't no, a great no, joke. It made me think, though. Um, do you think Doc Rivers is on a plane, right? Okay, hypothetical. And someone has starts to have like heart palpitations and is yeah. like doing, not doing well. And <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe keels over. And yeah, somebody yeah. yells, is there a doctor on the plane? Uh-huh. Mm. Or maybe they have to yell, is there a doc on the plane? Yeah. <laughs> Keep it informal. Does he have to, <laughs> does he have to say yes? Have I to am. Say yes. <laughs> I am. But I mean, same goes for Doctor Julius Irving, I guess, too. Um, <laughs> doctor J. <laughs> doctor J. Yeah. Do you have to say yes? No. But I'm not that type of doctor. No. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> do you think he he sort of sheepishly looks around, like Doctor J, like especially like? I mean, I they mean, know I'm a doctor. They know but, I'm a doctor. Yeah. But not that kind of doctor. Yeah, I don't know. I think Doc Rivers probably knows CPR. <laughs> 
Really? <laughs> yeah. Because he's played in sports? Because his name's Doc. His name's Doc? I don't know. His dad was a cop. You know, safety cunt. I don't know. His dad was a cop? Yeah. Was he? Cop Rivers? Cop, there's Cop Rivers? There's Doc Rivers. Wow. They, I could be wrong about named that. After Interesting. Their prof- profession? Yeah. There's Teacher Rivers? Yeah. Is, is, is Glenn on the airplane? Is there a Glenn here? <laughs> is there a Glenn on the airplane? Uh, is there a baby here? Mm, a big whoa. baby. Yeah. Okay. Um, Very little that, cause for a baby on an airplane. <laughs> they give it to announce. Right. No, that, unless yeah, you're, that's a Unless you're looking for your own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be more specific, yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, it's, he's big. He's a big baby. Have you seen him? Uh, yeah. Big baby Davis. All grown up. Flying the airplane. Nice. Landing us on the Hudson River. How could big baby Davis land a plane? Probably. <laughs> Holy shit. We yeah, were bouncing yeah. all around here. He took instruction extremely well when we worked with him that one day. Oh, because this goes back to the uh, when you poll men, could they, in an emergency, mm-hmm. fly a plane as long as they were talking to air traffic control? Yeah. Big Baby Davis could. Yeah. yeah. You're right. He took your direction phenomenally well. Yep. Oh, Extremely He was on. so good. Dude, dancing the music that wasn't playing. <laughs> That's right. No, he danced to quiet. Yeah. He danced, Nothing. danced to silence. silence. <laughs> yeah, we were we were booging. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you, you, you pulled out the Big Baby Davis, because yeah. I- when I mentioned Big Baby Davis, it, it did sound smart. Like, let's talk about babies on an airplane. But I had, a, I had a brain fart. I thought for a second he was Doc's son. He was Austin Rivers. That's why I, because you said yeah. his dad yeah. was a cop. Why did you, why so do you I went think to Big his Baby. dad's a cop? I don't know. I, I feel know. like I read it once sometime. Wow. Is anybody fact checking us uh, here yeah. in the stream team? Actually, the Atlanta. Doc Rivers' father. Let me look it up. Yeah. The Atlanta Hawks just did a social thing, a social video where they asked each of their players would you? Who would you trust amongst your teammates to fly the plane? <laughs> That's Holy interesting. shit! Nobody knew though. Well, this guy called it. He's a cop, right? How the hell Doc did you know Rivers that? Dad, I knew it. I have no idea. I read it as, as son of a police officer, Doc Rivers, and then this is that's what the headline is. And yes, his father was a big inspiration. There you hell go. Yeah. What a call, Grady Rivers. That's his name. <laughs> Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for those warm summer days. Pool season's coming soon, so I've been hitting the weights with Peloton and my guy Adrian Williams, trying to get my muscle on in order to expand my cannonball splash radius. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. It's easy to personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you already excel in. And their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Shout out to Adriana Aditi, Andy, and Emma. I love you all so much. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. I gotta get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute. 
But man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch! We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of NoDunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. Okay, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Holy crap. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. This Tweet of the Night involves another controversy that happened yesterday in the association. Uh, this is from our man, Jay King at The Athletic. He tweeted because he was watching the Mavs Brown uh, Mavs Celtics game that, quote, Tim Hardaway Jr. was furious at the Mavericks Jumbotron operators for showing a replay of the Jalen Brown crossover on Luka Doncic. Jalen Brown, mm. a beautiful crossover, and Luka tripped well he dropped uh, he fell he just, yeah come on there's no trip no did he trip over himself oh sure but that counts he didn't trip on jalen brown's foot so i don't think he did so the tweet is basically about tim hardaway his lucas teammate yeah basically saying what the hell are you putting that up for yeah, do you some sh- anger do you show an embarrassing clip you against don't the home show team embarrassing stuff yeah. about our team mm. which but that, you, that that is in this social media era, that is literally as as bad as it gets in terms of videos. Yeah. That gets put on social media that they showed it, etc. So you just don't do it in our building. That's I, what I guess, Tim Hardaway is pissed I about. I guess he's what, what he's I mean, saying. I can't disagree with. that. I can't disagree either. And you don't see it often. Like if so, if we go down to the fortress and you know no. Capella gets dunked on by Zion Williamson, yeah, they're not they're not racking it up. No, they and do not. And generally showing it again. I mean, you don't do that. Like, you're, you're sort of clowning your own team. You uh, don't now, do that. I'm trying, like, was there any reason they put it up there again? Because they thought, which tends to happen with a lot of these highlights when a guy falls, it's like you watch it again and you go, ah, Jalen Brown stepped on his foot. That's why he went over. Yes, they could have. Could they, they have thought that yes. happened? And like, and then they watch it and then they play it. Like, oh, oh, he actually just tripped on his own feet. Like, he got... He yeah. got shook. You could definitely think that right. they, they aired it because they had a reason behind yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. Yeah, to show Maybe. everybody in the building. <laughs> there was a reason he fell down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Jalen Brown, uh, uh, and he just dropped uh, Luca with a beautiful, beautiful cross. Luca had a funny comment after the game, too. He like, he like he was like, hell of a play. I was hoping he missed the jump shot because mm. <laughs> he's down on the ground. Yeah. Ain't nothing I can do from down here. But if he misses the jump shot, meh. Sure, somebody clips it. It goes around Twitter, but no one cares. Yeah. Every comment's like, finish the play. Doesn't count. Didn't hit the jumper. But you score. It counts. You know. Yeah. It's a killer, killer highlight. Whoever showed that on the Jumbotron, I guess, is a Celtics fan. Because Ooh. you because you, know, you don't do that in your own building. You just – you don't. And, and, and Infiltrated. The, and the whole, hey, he – fell on Jalen Brown's feet. He got tripped on Jalen Brown's feet. 
There ain't much to that because he didn't. No, he didn't. So it's it's a weird thing <laughs> to actually bring it up and show it again. Coming from Toronto, where we were, moving down here to Atlanta, I go to basketball games, and I want to see the opposing teams replays I and stuff. Know. They don't show them. Uh, you're right. In general, they do not show them. If the Raptors are here and Kyle Lowry, let's say, you know, drop somebody, they'll never no, show that no. replay. And you want to see it sometimes. You're yeah. like, oh, I want to see that. As an opposing and then fan. You get your phone out and yeah, jump on Twitter. As yeah. an opposing fan, you want to see that. But it makes sense that the home team wouldn't want to show you that. And it doesn't happen in Atlanta. They will not show you that stuff. So I I can understand it. I think most arenas have a, you know, it's a pretty hard rule, I think, that you're not showing highlights where the guy gets dunked on, dropped from the other team. Which kind of sucks because you want to watch the game. You'd like to see a cool replay. Some players can take it, some can't. Luca, I don't think, had any real issue with it. Tim Hardaway's, you know, going to bat for his guy. But... Some other players, I'm sure they like thin skinned guys, like they would be offended. They'd ask mm. for a trade. <laughs> Get mm. me out of here. Let's ask thin skin Wade. Not thin skin <laughs> Wade, who is a broadcaster Good. on the Mavericks broadcast. Good I one. didn't hear him talk about it. Let's Good hear one. Jeff. Jeff Skin Wade. His name is not thin skin. I'm not calling him thin skin, but his name is Jeff Skin Wade. You know, it's ironic about Tim Hardaway going to bat for his guy is that that tweet that you showed had 2 million views. That's right. So it's. You know, I mean, Jay uh, tweeted it, Jay King of The Athletic, but I assume more people found out about the play and went and seeked out the play uh, <laughs> because yeah. of what he said. Uh, yeah. There's got to be people that saw the tweet going, well, what happened? That's a good call. Dun, 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 dun. Let me see. Ooh, got him bad. Anyway, that's the internet, man. <laughs> that's the internet, man. That's 2024 for you. That is All absolutely right? correct. Let's call it there. What a show. Woo, baby. Had a little bit of everything there. Crazy performances last night. A trade happening during the show. Some fun headlines, fun discussion, great tweet of the night. Hopefully a classic, you tell us. Five-star rating and review. Hit the like button. Maybe subscribe. Five games on tonight. Some decent ones. Nuggets Pacers. Knicks Nets. Jazz Pels. Blazers Thunder. Lakers Clippers. Dare I say, is it rivalry week (laughs) in the NBA? It is. It is. is. We got a few rivalries there, Tass. Knicks Nets. Lakers Clippers, at least. Uh, Anyway, we'll be back tomorrow to break it all down TK will be here with us in the Classic Factory as long as he can get back on his flight might be having some snow issues up there in uh, Illinois but we'll see Uh, thanks for joining us until then Clipper Bros you heard it here first have a great time turn up love you guys awesome thanks for joining us and remember I'm doing my Terry Rozier info up info looking right now I sometimes forget this but this man was a Boston Celtic for four years. He's an established player in this league. Nine seasons. And he loves a spaghetti sandwich that we ate with him once. Maybe he doesn't now, but we did. Oh, you don't think he eats them anymore? <sighs> spaghetti with ranch? He's grown up. Yeah. Probably has a personal chef. Imagine that's what he's asking a personal chef to make. <laughs> Would you be offended if you were a personal chef? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, I can cook you anything, and you want uh, white bread, spaghetti, and ranch, and sugar? Yeah. <laughs> really? Gross. You know what you pay me to, to do this? <laughs> do it yourself. Uh, embrace the day, people.